Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you, PG. It's 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 COVID nineteen, and we're all at home. I know um, you are you are at home in the US right now. And, yeah. Um, uh, your city is almost also on lockdown, Dallas. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Lagos is on lockdown. Many cities are on lockdown. Um, yeah. Let me just. I, I just want to give you the first five minutes to give us an idea from from a thought leader, a futurist, what is happening in our world right now? What's happening? Yeah. So um, the reality is we we are in a reset pretty much. Um, it's nothing new, right? Um, what I've said again and again to so many people is the truth that new is, uh, is a myth. New is old happening to new people, right? Okay. There is a spiritual intelligence that is necessary to keep the new tamed. And when we are out of that loop, basically, old things and old narratives hit the world like new. And if you are not yeah. careful, we just go with the energy of the new. So there's nothing happening that is not clear in the word of God or that is not, you know, made, you know, obvious in prophecy, right? Mm -hmm. um, the challenge is to be able to pinpoint it and to understand where we are in a big script. I've put it online that whether people like it or not, we are in a 2,000-year-old script, probably in the uh, chapter before the last, you know. So yeah. all of that are real. and. Christians should not be unguarded or caught napping in this type of conversations. You know, we should be aware. We should know what is going on. So um, we are in a new type of uh, world, a new type of society. And I need to say this straight up. Post-COVID is not ahead of us. We are not yeah. weeks away from post-COVID. We are not months away from post-COVID. We are in post-COVID already. We are already wow. there. And it's wow. so important that we appreciate that fact because it's going to help us to be able to interpret our actions better, right? We are, we are in post-COVID. And why do I say we are in post-COVID? It's very simple. Now, if somebody says, I, am, I didn't go to school because I was poor, my parents yeah. were poor, so I didn't go to school. For that to be true, then everybody poor should not go to school. Once we have one person who has gone to school in spite of his poor background, then yeah. the assertion that my, my not going to school because of poverty is out of the block. In the same way, right. once we have one country that says is out of lockdown, and his economy is open for business and is interacting with the whole world, then we are already out of post-COVID. It doesn't matter who is still not out or who assumes that he's not out. So every 365 days, the world comes to a new year. When Nigeria is in a new year, America is not in a new year yet. That does not stop us from being in a new year. So we are in post-COVID already. The CEO of Adidas last week said their factory in China 
is working at 110% capacity. 110% capacity, meaning that they are supplying everything that's supposed to be happening is happening. So we should be straight. Now, what has also happened is that a new society has been born. There are some Mm -hmm. basic things about this new society, and it's going to express itself in three phases. There is a post-COVID that is on now, and it's going to be on through the lockdown or through like late 2020, early uh, 2021. There is a second phase of post-COVID that will begin right from January, February, March tops 2021, all the way to 2030. That is the decade from 2020 to 2030. That's the second phase of post-COVID. The final phase of post-COVID is from 2020, 2030 and above. Now, what we do in 2020 and what we do in this decade from 2020 to 2030 is going to be the game changer. I kid you not, we are coming into a new type of society. Some yeah. things will be clear uh, post-COVID. I, I, I took some I, notes. I know, I know you want to talk about that, PK. But before you get into it, I, I just want to say something. They, you you yes. mentioned the fact that what we're dealing with right now, truth is that we're already in post-COVID. And as a part yes. of post-COVID, that is 2020 towards yes. the end. And then there's yes. another part of post-COVID that is the entire decade of the 20s. Yes. And yes. then post-post is later. It, it yes. simply presupposes that there are some things that COVID has shaped, has turned around, that will be with us and live with yes. us. And we have to yes. adjust to and live with and adjust our perspective to. Uh, can you yes. attempt at outlining a few of those things? Just a few because of the, the time that we have. A few of those things yes. so that people can get an understanding of how COVID is uh, is is happening to us, and we also have to happen to it by adjusting. Yes. Because, uh, like, <laughs> I like say, that. the literature of, of the of, of the future are uh, the people who will not be able to learn, unlearn, and relearn. And this yes. is another time, a challenging time that is challenging us to unlearn. Yes, and to relearn. Yes, yes. Right, go ahead. I, I I get that thoroughly. So we'll focus on that post COVID that is between now and the end of the year. Um, all the way to January. What what type of world are we operating between now and January? First of all, it's a world um, that is going to have less and less of human contact. Now, that is significant. That is probably the loudest information um, from um, in this post-COVID era that we are in. The COVID of the phase one from now to January is one one that will that is a an, a direct arrest of human contact. So we are going to have to find our meaning, our purpose, our engagement um, yeah. without human contact. Now that is significant because pre-COVID, all our lives was arrogantly um, tied to human contact on a daily basis. Human contact has now gone viral. So, for example, the jobs are now virtual. There are a lot of people that are not just on lockdown, but they are working from home. 
right? Okay. And businesses need to begin to ask questions that some people that have succumbed to the conversations about lockdown to the extent that they are waiting for the unlocking so that they can get back to business. But I'm going yeah. to advise people everywhere that this is not going to go away overnight, particularly for people in third world economies, because a lot of what we do that will scale will depend on what is going on in the West and America. And those environments are not just going to open and return to business as usual. So a lot of yeah. skills have come online. And so people have to respect that and key into that. Some questions to ask immediately for me are not many. The first thing is, in a crisis like this, we need to ask, yeah. um, what is too much already? There must be a holding, a hand-holding of pre-COVID and this present post-COVID. And to ask ourselves, um, I mean, in an attempt to answer the question of what has changed, we need to go deeper by saying, what is too much? You know, what is yeah. too much? Um, do I have too many people doing something for me? Am I going, am I, do I have, am I carrying too many, too much weight? You know, what is too much in my personal life as well? Um, you have to answer that question. I can't, that question cannot be asked, answered for anyone. But some things in, in, are too much. Manner. Every time we move into yeah. a new season, we shed weight. Yeah. Secondly, yes. what is too little? What is too little? Yes. You know, yes. do I need more education? Do I, am mm -hmm. I, am I, um, um, not properly skilled for the reality of what is on ground now? Do I need to acquire more education? Do I need more awareness? What is too much? That is, what is unnecessary? What is it that I have that, I've, that I pride myself on for years that is not useful in this time? Remember, you are trying to give space for life without physical human contact, without physical human contact. So how do you do that? You know, you want to audit what is too much, what is too little. You want to look at um, yeah. where is power today? Where is power now? What is powerful? What is powerful is virtual, okay? So we want to look at how do I reproduce my entire life offline, online? How does that happen? Some industries already have been hit seriously, like the event management industry, like the aviation industry, like jobs have been hit seriously. But mm. the assumption that we are perplexed because of jobs is not going to last. We are not perplexed. We are just finding new ways of connecting. Yeah. So business yeah. leaders, for example, if you are a CEO, don't just cower in one corner. Begin to mail your clients and begin to talk to them. Fix a meeting yeah. and see what can happen. Begin to force your market to accept the new normal, right? I, I, I think those will be key. We are coming, I need to say this, PG, we are coming yeah, into a new system of government called technocracy. Yes. And what technocracy. that pretty much means, what that pretty much means, yes, sir. Yeah, you said technocracy, I said expansion. Technocracy. <laughs> we are coming yeah. into a new system of government called technocracy. Yeah. Democracy, and this is for real, we are going to speak less and less of democracy as we move into the future. We are going to speak more and more of two words, borderlessness and technocracy. What is technocracy? Technocracy is a system of government, a system of economics, a system of politicking that is essentially driven by technology and technologists. Technology and technologists. 
we are going to need less and less of MBA degrees to be the qualifying point. We are going to need more and more of technologically aware, aligned skills. AI mm. is going to take you know front burner of conversation. So, for example, you will you can have your MBA, but hospitals are going to be run, banks are going to be run, not just people who know the business, but people who are technologically aware. The future now and in and the next five, ten years, three years, one year will be controlled by people who are, will use technology to drive what they do and will be technologists themselves. What does that mean? It means if you are a hospital, for example, you are yes. not a hospital that is using technology to treat people. If you are an HR professional, you are not an HR professional using technology to reach people. If you are a church, you are not a church that is using technology to reach people. If you are a, if you are whatever you do, if you are an event yeah. manager, you are not an event manager using technology to, to treat people. You are a technology organization treating yeah. people. You are yeah. a HR professional. You are a technology yeah. person that is doing HR. You are a technology organization that is healing people. You are first, the predominant, it has shifted from back door to front door. Whatever you are doing, is no longer the predominant, it has shifted from back door to front door. Whatever you are doing, is no longer what is enhancing what you are doing. No. What you are doing is technology and it is picking its areas of focus. You know, yeah. that is the most critical, most powerful reality about post-COVID, both in the immediate and in the future, PG. Yeah, the truth is that the way technology has been uh, has played its part in this COVID pandemic period, uh, we can't, but I mean, we can't agree less that the yes. truth is that as we go into the future, because technology is driving education right now, it's driving yes. health, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's uh, telemedicine where yes. you, you can, a doctor can can diagnose a patient that is not in the same city or the same country with him. The, the surgery can be carried out, you know, through technology and stuff like that. So a lot of things, uh, you know, uh, are going on right now. Now you are in the U.S., I'm in Lagos, Nigeria, and we can have a one-hour conference like this yes. and uh, have uh, maybe hundreds of people. Uh, I can see uh, me close to 600 eyes right now or so, uh, over 500 eyes uh, there. And yeah. Hundreds of people. And what we're seeing there is not the real thing. There are many people, two people can even be watching us right now. So literally, hundreds yeah. of people uh, getting into a one-hour conversation with us, driven by technology. Technology is driving everything. Uh, I, 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 yeah. can't, I can't agree less. Yeah. I can't agree less. So, 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 so you... you I wanted to expand it on the second thing. You know, you, know, you, you talk about... The yes, I also want to say this, which is very, very important about yeah. borderlessness. We yeah, are... Borderlessness, yes. Globalization has run its course. Mm. Global, globalization was an unfair uh, system that favored countries that can move around the world without the limits of business. Third world nations until now have been the casualties of the force of globalization. However, mm. borderlessness is the superior instrument that has empowered underdogs everywhere to come on stage. 
And the idea of borderlessness is to be able to function on one spot, attracting value or purchasing power from all over the world to where you are. Um, I'm going to give a very crude example of that, but there is an organization that reigned for years and went ahead of everybody applying borderlessness. Evil organization, but that is ISIS. ISIS does not have marketers. They didn't have business cards. Uh, they, 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 didn't, they didn't have, you know, uh, physical neon signs and signposts all over the world. But they were recruiting people from all over the world. And there was no business development team that is talking to them. They didn't have ambience. They didn't have, you know, all of their marketing instruments. But what they had was one technology, but stronger than technology, they had an ideology. And I want to challenge everybody that where we are now, for example, some of my young friends have been online until now. And a lot of people were not online for many years. And I see a lot of rejoicing from those who were online before now to say, yeah, so everybody's coming online now. We are the ones online now. But you see, what they are missing is that while they were online all these years, there were some amazingly talented people on, offline who, for a lot of reasons, did not uh, come online. Either they were too comfortable in their own offline experiences and offline power, or they were too naive, or whatever it was. Now, yeah. everybody now, by fault and default, have been forced to come online. That is not a testimonial for those who have been online before. That means that whatever you were doing online before now has more light because more talent, more skills, more, more um, um, ideas are now coming online. What that means is that whatever we are doing online, it cannot be here alone. You know, yes. there is one word that is the strength of borderlessness. It's called customer preference. Customer preference. Now, customer preference is superior to customer satisfaction. And I want to help everybody to understand this as you interact virtually, as you relate yes. online. Now, the reason why some people refuse to go cashless for so many years is because of uh, preference. Because people know what to do, they know they should go online, but they just can't go because they prefer the ease of how they used to do things, right? Now, yeah. with, with, with COVID, everybody has now been forced to have a taste of life virtually, life yeah. remotely. Um, so on takeouts, I mean, we call it takeouts here. In Africa, we call it takeaway. When you go to restaurants, you, you you want you you, you take you want you you, you you just prefer to sit down and and take away is the secondary experience that you have your primary experience is to eat in but now everyone is forced to do takeouts everybody is forced to do takeouts so the people who were who had preferences that were strong before on sitting in the restaurant are now tasting what it, the, the beauty the time saving and all of what it means to have takeouts so people now prefer something else Whatever we are trying to do, you are dealing with people's preferences, not just their satisfaction. Yeah. So it's one yeah. thing for me to be satisfied, it's another thing for me to be managing the prejudice of my preference. So mm. to force people out, we have to be ideological. We have to sell the things we believe in.
These are the times where I told a friend um, yesterday in a, in a leadership um, um, retreat that we had, I said, look, we are going to be on lockdown for at least you have 30 days to reinvent everything you are doing and to reassess your skills, your business model, whatever it is you are doing on the line of preferences. You are shifting from satisfying customers to meeting the preferences of customers. That's tough. Yeah. I, I hope, yeah. I hope I, guys, I, I hope you can, you can see that. If I so can. preferences is the new idea to manage for vendors, yeah. for, for um, hiring managers, for, for businesses, uh, for product developers. It all comes down to preferences. And that's the strength of borderlessness. It's almost yeah. ideological in texture and experience. Yes, yes, PG. Uh, and it, 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 just to buttress what you're saying before we, we, we move ahead, um, and that may trigger some thoughts in your, in your heart. When you talk about preferences, not satisfaction, uh, the, the COVID-19 had done something. It's uh, kind of restricted people to certain preferences where they don't have a choice but to taste certain things, like you're saying about or maybe purchasing online and doing stuff online. Now they're getting used to it. For us pastors, for instance, for churches, people are now watching service online. Even people who have never done online service are forced to it. So, so a lot of more people, a lot more people, this may become their preference. And we have to be able to meet them where they are. And it reminds yes. me of the story of uh, Henry, uh, Henry Ford when he was about to create the Model T or the first car that he created. You know, he said that if you ask people at that time, as the world was changing, and the, the you know uh, uh, and, and the motor engine was about to be created, uh, what do they want? They will tell you that they need uh, uh, a faster horse because they did not know that there is a car, so they just <laughs> wanted something that that is faster. Correct. They know that their needs are changing. The whole place is getting more Correct. populated, and they want to be able Correct. to get there faster. You know. But uh, uh, well, he was able to interpret a faster horse, meaning that there's a need for an engine, there's a need to create a Correct. car. And I believe that Correct. part of what you are saying is that as we stay at home this time, uh, we need those ideas, like a faster horse idea that is like a car, yes. something that is yes. not even, but it's going to become the preference or what people yes. want. Right? Yes. Yeah. For example, for example, PG, for example, mm. the preferences is more locked because the technology now is a constant. Whether we all like it or not, we are online. So we, we, whether you like it or not, you must relate at that level. The higher rule is to now understand that the, the options, the, the, the bracket of options is now so expanded. I mean, if somebody, if somebody um, was in um, a restaurant pre-COVID and it's, it's not enjoying the taste, and the, the, the restaurant it really loves, right, is still, yeah. you know, two hours away. And for him to drive there, you know, he will be forced to probably eat that food. But now yeah. he has been freed from that. He can now worship his preference. If he doesn't, if he, if he's, if he doesn't like it, it just it bought him away. If somebody is in church on Sunday and he doesn't like what is going on, and he wants to come to Elevation. He would have loved to come to Elevation Church. But Elevation is, you know, two hours drive from him, right? Now, all he has to do is press a button, and he's in Elevation Church immediately, you know? Yeah. So 
um, preference has been empowered to the status of a small god. Preference is now the small god, you know, is ruling, thinking, governing behavior. And the people who are going to create that horse, that new horse, you know, must have preference on their table as the determinant factor in judging how they culture their product, how they, how they design the experiences, the ease of assessing our value, how we throw out our, even for those trying to look for a job. PG, I have to say that this is very critical, what I want to say now. Go ahead. Pre-COVID, pre-COVID um, had two classes in the world. We call them the 1% and we call them the 99%. Mm. Uh, a lot of people think that they are not in the 1% because essentially they forget that to be in the 1%, you just need to earn $35,000 a year. Once you are earning $35,000 a year, you are in the 1%. <laughs> yeah. That is how weak our world is. So anybody earning $35,000 a year is in the 1%. That is approximately, let's say, 15 million or there about a year. It's already in the 1%. Yeah. Now, before, and everybody else is in the 99%. Pre-COVID, the 1% and the 99% um, were coexisting together, needing each other, exchanging value on equal terms and on balance of power, right? Mm. In the hunger society that we are going into, which is not 200 years away, it's just from now to, from now, it's going to begin to show by the end of the year, it's going to become big by early next year. We are going to have a collapse of that equation. The 99% are not going to coexist with the 1%. They are going to be dependent on the 1%. The guys out there, no matter what you do, whether you are a career person, a business person, you are whatever you do, an idea shepherd, whatever you do, you need to see how you will not be in the 99%. And I always tell people to go watch the movie Hunger, Hunger Games so that they can see how the 99% function. Because the 1% is not going to coexist with the 99%. They are going to master, lead, and determine the experiences of the 99%. There is a company in the world today that is a perfect example of it. So I can tell you for free that small businesses are going to die. I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm not trying to be negative. But it is the end of small and medium businesses as we know it. There's going to be a new form of power, and it's monopolistic. A, a strong monopoly energy is, has been born in the earth and businesses don't have a choice anymore but to be monopolies. Any idea, I'm sorry to say this, um, I wish I have a better word for it, but whether it's a church, whether it's a business, whether it's a, it's an, it's a non-profit or it's an individual person pushing his career, you cannot think competition. You cannot think competition. Once you think competition, you are going to be competing with, with small things and there will no, there's no future in that. You have to think monopoly. How you can set your own prices, set your own experiences and compel the world to come around it. Now, if you look at Amazon, yeah. Amazon is a template. The example of future government 
is, 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 is China right now, which is a lot of freedom with some lot of, with a lot of control. Government all over the world are going to control a lot of things, right? But for businesses, for career people, for workers, it's going to be essentially the Amazon business model. If you see Amazon is doing so much, no competition, it's a pure monopoly, and a lot of small businesses are only able to find what to eat under the Amazon business model, right? Amazon, therefore, is controlling, it's not coexisting with those small businesses. The life of those small businesses are dependent on Amazon. That's not wrong. That's the future of ideas. That's the future of businesses. And so ideas have to be so compelling and so arresting that you pretty much like, there's a company in Nigeria I don't want to mention uh, who is very smart and who is um, offering what some other businesses are making money from for free. <laughs> what some other businesses are making money from is offering it for free and is building business models, small, 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 small business models around all of the um, vision and mission statement of so many people. It means what a whole company is calling a vision is a small unit or a strategic business unit of that business. What Amazon has done is that it has collapsed so many small businesses. So many small businesses are dead. So many um, medium businesses are dead. And those who are going to be alive were forced to come and exist under the business model of Amazon. Now, that is how businesses are going to be. That is how the 99% are going to be under the 1%. But it's going to be a choice. Each, each one must raise his game because the key is what you have mentioned. How do we build that new horse? You know, so each so, one of us, our business cannot be on sentiment. The era of my brother, help me buy now. Uh, my pastor, please now order for this thing. My uncle, can you help me? You cannot use emotional quotient, emotional sales to get people's attention anymore. Your ideas, your resume, your skills must be compelling. It's because of time. We, 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 I, I'm not sure we have the time to go into um, um, future work and future skills, but I'm going to encourage everybody, PG, if you don't mind, I did a, a yeah. four-hour expose on this subject. You know, um, it, it, it's on my page. You know, guys can go and look at it and to understand it more and gain more insight. Um, but quite frankly, we are now in a time where small business have to ever be innovative at this point. From now on, Every business must think like God, seeing the end from the beginning. You must not have a commitment to just make money. You want to be a monopoly. You want to be big. There's no room for small. Once you are small, you are going to be locked in the 99%. You will eat. You will have money to go out and come in, but you will never be able to expand at the speed of choice because all of your activity is tied to the business model of a bigger machine, if you get what I mean. So... Yeah, I, I get you, because some people were trying to complain that, oh, no, you can't kill small businesses. What PK is saying is not about killing small businesses, but that if your idea is not compelling, if your skill is not compelling, you will lose the power of choice. And then you, you have to come under the big business. Amazon has not killed all the businesses. Just a top 10 no. thing. In the Amazon uh, value proposition, the chain is very wide. 
And within yeah. that value chain, you have so many smaller businesses, uh, small logistics, uh, small printing company, small deals, yeah. uh, authors, different people are selling all, all sorts of things who are plugged into that compelling idea that is more of a monster that has systems and structures that are working under it. That's what he's talking about. Not everybody will get into the Amazon level, especially if your idea is not that compelling. Then you have to look for a small angle to get in. Obviously, PK, we will we, we'll need maybe to do something else, maybe next week or whenever you, you have time and I have time, where we can talk more, especially for business people and small yes. business owners on what is the post-COVID thinking. It's very important. It's very, it's very important, PG. It's very important yeah. we go into that area for another time because this is not what we are doing. People who are saying, oh, you cannot kill small businesses. We are not the one killing it. We are talking about mm -hmm. how the, the, the world is going to react to things and how innovators are thinking and compelling and shrinking you know, businesses. So if you don't get smart and understand preferences and how to position, right, and keep, because supply chain is going to get big. Supply chain is going to get big because there's going to be a lot of movement of ideas of goods and services, but within yeah. um, um, a, a structure that probably will be controlled by some larger entities. And so yeah. if you don't find your room in that, if you don't find your room in that, I'm sorry, what is, you're not going to drop out of the chain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not going to drop so, out of the uh, chain. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, I will encourage you to, to get on PK's uh, website uh, and go through that one-hour exposition that he has there. And then we're, we're going to definitely have to come around again to... to That's to what we should do, PG. That's what we should do. ...into the, what small business owners, you know, have to pay attention to post-COVID. PK, as we go on the home run uh, for the last, uh, I think, about 10 minutes that we have, uh, yes, sir. Over, maybe a little over 15 minutes that we have left. Um, I, I, I want you to speak to, um, I want you to speak to the issue of how people should not allow the infrastructural deficit that we have in Nigeria. Some people are talking about, oh, how do we don't want to compete? We don't have power uh, as an electricity supply. Uh, data is an issue in Nigeria mm -hmm. when it comes to internet you know, and all those kind of things. How are we going to compete? How will we make sure that the fact that we're in the third world or whatever regions of the world anybody may be joining us from now that may be under-resourced, that is not going to hold us back from this borderlessness idea. That's what yeah. I wanted to speak to. Because I yeah, think thank it's a you. thing. Yeah. yeah, thank you, PG. First of all, the idea of um, infrastructural gaps is real is real, but we must also understand that we are not trying to create millionaires in Nigeria. We, we already have many. We are not trying to create billionaires in Nigeria. We, we already have billionaires. And all of these people at some point confronted these infrastructural challenges. But we have to accept that the world has gifted us with a new technology. That is why all of those who are attacking 5G, you know, were you know chronically ignorant sorry to say you know because you need 5g i mean you need 5g like yesterday we need 6g like as a matter of fact like yeah. like yesterday you know uh it is it's it's so critical but the advice i'm going to give to many of us how have i done it because 
a lot of what I'm doing globally today were not things that I built um, after I started um, domiciling my business out of Nigeria. No. I built my relevance and my global network within the Nigerian space. And you must understand that you, 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 you have a global village that is ready to respond to ideas. You know, for example, whether you like it or not, the Nigerian Naira is getting weaker on a daily basis. It's going to get weaker. It is no longer smart to continue to earn money in Naira. It's just no longer smart. No matter what you are doing, you want to key into what has been provided and made stronger by COVID, which is access to the whole world online. Every time we are online, you have the all of the computers in the world on one spot. And so you can share something from your corner in Mushi and somebody in Rio de Janeiro or in Silicon Valley or in Mobasa, Kenya, or in Bangalore, in India, is looking at that thing. It's now about how you can align with the algorithms. I call the algorithms uh, breathing algorithms because I, algorithms don't respect zeal. They don't respect determination. <laughs> they respect alignment. You, you, you have to align. And you can put a billion dollars on, on Facebook um, um, promoting and promoting. Nobody's going to see what you're doing because you are not uh, uh, aligned, you know, with the algorithms that will make that happen because all of that are skills. Lead generation is an industry in the United States, for example. It's an industry. I know so many people in Nigeria, including myself, who are working with lead generators on LinkedIn, who are working with lead generators on LinkedIn and all over the world. And so I want to say this, PG, the idea of yeah. internet challenges is overrated, man. It's overrated. You will be disturbed, but you will not be stopped. So you can try, you may need to try three times to get something right that somebody in London will get, will get right only once but you will get it done. So don't, 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 um, don't, we, when I was in Nigeria, I created my own power supply. I had 24 hour power supply. I had it before I had, and before I had diesel gen, I had small gen. And I gave myself, to, there's no time you come to my, to my home or to my house that there's no electricity. We had electricity 247. I was my own local government. I supplied my own uh, uh, electricity. And so whatever the, the power company is able to give you, whether you like it or not, there's no rocket science that's going to take your responsibility away to rise up to your own destiny because you cannot, if you want to be correct or you want to progress, those are two choices you have to make. If you want to be correct, you can say Nepal is stupid. You are correct, but that's not progressive. What is progressive is to say, Nepal is not getting it right. I know they'll give me only two hours per day. I have to cover for the remaining eight hours. Also understand that the moment you are thinking global, when you don't have electricity, the whole world is not sleeping where you are sleeping. So you need to prime your economy. For example, I knew that I was working in the United States, the United Kingdom. I was working in South Africa. I was working in Kenya and in Ghana. 
And when I was doing those things, I had to look at those economies. And when they are awake, when America is awake, Nigeria is sleeping. When Nigeria is sleeping, America is awake. When Nigeria is sleeping, data is better, faster, right? Even cheaper. There are even free things available online. Almost every data company offers you free access in the night. But you see, in yeah. that night, it seems useless to you because your customers in Nigeria are sleeping, but customers in America are awake. So yeah. you want to use that free data to work in the night. So you need to build a business model. The moment you are dealing with the world, you have to build a business model that works at a time that transcends your eight to nine in Nigeria. Because your eight to nine in Nigeria, anyway, a lot of people are sleeping in the world when you are awake. So you want yeah. when you are thinking of crossing the borderlines and embracing borderlessness and any forex, you also want to think really to audit how much time you spend on your economy in Nigeria and how much time you now have to spend on your economies globally. But to say that it will stop you from doing what you have to do is a weak therapy that's going to keep you correct but keep you small. You have to transcend that and respect that God will not put your miracle beyond your reach. And God will not put your miracle in the hand of your adversary. There's no challenge. He has not created a path of escape. If you roll up your sleeves and come into the battleground, you will see enough capacity and enough value to plunge into within the limits of what is available and reach out to the economies that need you. That's the way it works. Wow, wow, wow. Guys, I thought by now you'll be clapping for PK. Clap now. I want to see those claps. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see those claps. <laughs> Don't just give thumbs up. Clap is the clap I want. <laughs> Somebody can be dropping like this and then I just, just so clap, clap, clap. All right. So we're just like uh, uh, five minutes. Uh, awesome. Uh, you know, down. Uh, 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 before we we wrap up, uh, well, I think it's almost like consensus that PK should come back. So uh, I'm back. We, we'll let you know. We'll agree on the time, maybe next week, and uh, and 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 PK will be back, and we'll focus more on small businesses and uh, yes, sir. What how small businesses should position and 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 stuff like that. Now, PK, great. On our home run, the last five minutes, I want us yes. to speak to a subject. Of, 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 of faith and uh, Christianity and church. Um, again, without blowing our head, <laughs> what are the things that you, you are seeing from a futurist and thought leader's point of view about uh, post-COVID uh, and, and the church? So you do that in four to five minutes because anytime from now- In five minutes, Instagram, I'm going to say- Wherever they cut us off, we have shared the grace. Yes, sir. <laughs> So in five minutes, I would say COVID has placed a demand on churches to make technology front door, not back door. Technology is now what we do. It's not what we use to do what we do. Technology is now what we do. And what we used to do is now the recipient of our technological alignment. Also, we need to move beyond that and recognize that we have to connect with two things, product development, and we have to protect, connect with partnership. Partnership is what is going to reduce our dependence on you know, uh, the limits of tithes and offering. And the whole world is more keyed and aligned with uh, giving uh, across board online. 
and that gives us forex, of course, but most importantly, that also allows us to make impact beyond the limits of our borders. And so church leadership has to think seriously about product development, global universal standard product development and partnerships, right? But for the people in the church, it's also a call for us to go inside and to recognize where we benefit from. I want to challenge everybody to begin to key in. I want to celebrate Elevation Church for your responsiveness before COVID, in COVID, and post-COVID. You, you have shown so much quality, and I'm not trying to swell your head. I just celebrate you for your sound positioning pre-COVID and the ease at which you are moving in post-COVID because you've been prepared. I want to challenge everyone that that is where we are now. We need to understand the signs of the times. We need to stay in God's word more than ever and to understand that there is no demilitarized zone anymore. There's no demilitarized zone. This is a time to not hope that we are correct. It's a time to be sure that we are correct. PG, honestly, we need to have another session for faith realities post-COVID. That's yeah. another one. <laughs> but in five minutes, I would say to the people, stay in the word, um, stay glued, and don't get casual. This is very important. What I'm noticing is that people are getting casual with the casuality of the online experience. When you go online to watch service on Sunday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, right? Have your bath, you know, have your bath, shower, clean up, sit down, take it seriously. Because there is a relationship be between the, your visual experience and your inner experiences. You need to align the two. So where the seriousness cap and, and plug into the two, I, I wish I have time to break that down. But actually, when you come with your track down and just sit down, you've not done your uh, uh, freshen ups and all of that, there's just a limit to how you will be able to connect with the energy of truth and clarity that is before you. So church people, don't let us take it lightly because there is a casualty that comes with virtual experiences that we should be careful of. Let's get serious and let's embrace um, what is happening now is the will of God. God did not create COVID, but God is using COVID to get us to where we need to be. Uh, it's because of time. I can explain to you why COVID has to be scriptural, right? It just has to be scriptural, right? And why Christians need to understand the signs of the times and how they need to align Going online is a 10-year-old instruction for the church. We are not just going now because we want to. It's what we have to do. And thank God for churches like Tech that have been there. It's not what we have to do to respond to COVID. It's what we are supposed to have been doing long before COVID. And probably we would have arrested um, a new mass now if we were that prepared. But that's it. I'm sure we will have another time to blow that mud. Thank you. So, guys, we're, we're going to come your way. Vicky uh, and I will be back sometime. Uh, when I have a discussion with him, maybe later today or tomorrow, we'll agree on when we can be back and uh, have more insightful discussions, uh, both in the areas of faith and how things are going to shape out for us as Christians, and also uh, in the areas of how small business owners and people that God is moving their heart right now to start something new, who should position themselves uh, post-COVID and uh, even within this time. PK, it's been great having you uh, join me uh, on this InstaLive event. 
uh, this is the horn of PG. It's a horn of PG. It's a horn of exponential. It's a horn of I celebrate you, man of God. I celebrate the grace of God upon your life. I honor you so much. It's a honor and a privilege to be here. I will never take it for granted. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, man of God. It's my pleasure. And thank you for the great work that you are doing. So, guys, let's engage the material. We're going to post this online. Uh, on, on my YouTube page and all that, so you can listen. Some people have been asking, how can they get to listen Great. to it again? Tomorrow Great. evening at 5 p.m., I will be with my friend, uh, Pastor Yemi David. Uh, I want you to join me. It's 5 p.m. I'm going to announce again when PK will be back, and we're going to do this one-hour stretch again. It's loaded with information and with knowledge, and it's a privilege to have him uh, 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 speak to us. So I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Join me as I chat up with my friend, uh, uh, Pastor Yemi David, I'm going to post uh, uh, the notice for that very soon. And like I said, uh, we have uh, PK's word that is going to be back. So we're running down to the last yes, sir. five seconds. You have it. Uh, <laughs> you have it. With all joy. Notice, 30 seconds. PK, thank you very much. Uh, give our love uh, to, uh, to your son. And